Blue Betrayal From the 1950s through to the Fitzgerald Inquiry in 1987 and beyond, corrupt police and politicians managed a criminal empire. This podcast is a glimpse into how this empire evolved into a global organized crime network, spreading death and destruction by their trade in drugs and weapons. Hi, my name is Jim Slade, and I will be your host for this, our first episode, and for the series. I was a police officer for 22 years in both the Commonwealth Police and the Queensland Police, resigning in 1994 after 18 years with the rank of Detective Sergeant. Whilst a Queensland Police Officer, I served eight years as a member of the Bureau of Criminal Intelligence Queensland, or BCIQ as it has become known. Whilst in this squad, my duties always required me to work in an undercover covert capacity as an intelligence officer. Several of the people I will speak about in this series I know, I know of, or I have worked with over my years as a police officer. Let's get into this computer and start researching the work of the dedicated investigative journalists and authors who have continually examined, reported on and exposed the nefarious activities of those, the minority in government and our police force, who involved themselves in corrupt activities. During our journey, I will continually refer to the tireless work of this dedicated band of protectors of our society. I will use their investigations and my experience to take you on a dark excursion a journey sometimes exciting, sometimes intriguing and sometimes gruesome and improbable from the 50s through into the 80s, exposing the underbelly of corruption as we explore these decades. My family and I have already tramped this hazardous path, sometimes with fear, sometimes with trepidation, but always knowing where we were headed. This was a hard trek for us, but we survived thanks only to those amazing people who were always there to help and support us in our darkest hours. Those corrupted few in our police force were not scared to deal with any person, group or organisation to achieve their ends, including never to have their criminal activity exposed. Their corrupt activities were deep-rooted by February 1987 when they sunk to the unparalleled depths of planning the murder of a fellow police officer just to stop exposure of their illegal empire. Peter Vassello was a New South Wales police officer with whom I had a close association. Peter worked in Canberra, seconded to the Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence, the ABCI, a national body established to collate and disseminate intelligence on criminal matters from all states of Australia and New Zealand. And I was stationed at the Bureau of Criminal Intelligence in Queensland, the BCIQ. The Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence collected their information from the various Australian state police forces. That's where I come in. I worked undercover collecting information of criminal activity in Queensland, 
especially from my covert work in the far northern areas of our state. The information I gathered was forwarded to the Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence for them to combine all this information, then to analyse, picking trends in criminal activity and to identify people involved in criminal acts. So, it was my information from Queensland to Peter at the Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence that placed him in the following unbelievable situation. Late one afternoon in early February 1987, subdued whispers spread like a tsunami through the Queensland Police Criminal Investigation Branch in Brisbane. These whispers, only heeded by those who were part of the corrupt police brotherhood, resulted in a secret meeting at the office of the Bureau of Criminal Intelligence between three detective sergeants. Three men not only sworn on oath to protect our community, but also chosen to maintain and protect the unchallenged business of unlawful gaming, prostitution and drugs managed by police, politicians and criminals in New South Wales and Queensland. This secret meeting was called to discuss putting a hit on, or in layman terms, to murder a fellow New South Wales police officer Peter Vassello, then working at the Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence in Canberra. Peter, several days before this meeting, had met with Queensland Assistant Commissioner for Crime, Graham Parker, in Canberra. And Parker had tried unsuccessfully to have Peter remove the Bellino brothers' names from the National Operation Alpha report Peter was compiling on organised Italian crime in Australia. Was murder to be a reaction to their imminent exposure, as was the murder of Donald McKay on the 15th of July 1977 in Griffiths, New South Wales? Donald McKay had been murdered as he had become a threat to the institutionalised corrupt network of police and criminals then existing in New South Wales and Queensland? Or was this murder of a fellow police officer just another step in the spiralling, uncontrolled maelstrom of violence necessary to control their vast criminal empire? At this February 1987 meeting, called by desperate bosses to arrange the murder of a police officer, the discussion had been overheard and at great risk to themselves, their career and their family safety, the fearless listener contacted the Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence in Canberra. In the following reenactment of that fateful telephone conversation, The identity of the informant who bravely passed the improbable information on the planned murder of a police officer to the ABCI has been closely guarded 
as even now, 33 years later, they are still in danger of reprisals. Australian Bureau of Criminal Intelligence, Gary speaking. Gary Sue here, how are you? Good, sir. And you? How's the Sunshine State? Fine, thanks. Look, Gary, we've known each other for a long time. Yes? What are you after? I've something disturbing to tell you. I want you to please trust me on this one. Please, you can't tell anyone where you got this information from. Yeah, I can promise you that. But I uh, may have to tell someone about what you're going to tell me. You surely are. What's so important? Three Queensland police officers are planning a hit on Peter Pacello. What? It's true. They're planning to kill him. I can't tell you how I got this, but you must trust me on this. Righto. They can't have the National Crime Authority making inquiries in Queensland on Operation Vigilante. Shit, you can't be serious. Gary, I am. I overheard them. Okay, thanks, Sue. I'll get on to this straight away. And Sue... Please be careful, mate, and watch your back. I will be in touch. Don't ring me at work. I'll contact you in a couple of days from another phone. Okay. Bye, Sue. Peter was warned of this threat and armed himself immediately with his service revolver. He and the other police officers at the ABCI became vigilant, looking for strange faces, checking all mail and parcels, and checking their building and cars for any tampering or bombs. Peter survived and later played a pivotal role in the compiling, composition and choice of the delivery date of the Four Corners program, The Moonlight State presented by Chris Masters, that aired on the 11th of May, 1987. There is another side to the Sunshine State. Despite some wholesome attempts to pretend otherwise, the Queensland government has not managed to stop the devil at the border. Break his camera and break his mouth too was the order. A very powerful syndicate of uh, organised criminals and corrupt police realised that they had an illicit empire to, to protect and they started to play nasty. Within 24 hours of the release of the Four Corners program, The Moonlight State, the Queensland Acting Premier and the Police Minister, the Honourable Bill Gunn, reacted publicly to the allegations of police corruption in Queensland, aired both in the Courier-Mail newspaper and on the ABC. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as I informed you, I would be seeing the police commissioner and deputy commissioner and other officers this morning following the uh, Four Corners program last night regarding allegations and other recent claims 
against the police. I've decided that the government will initiate an independent inquiry. The inquiry announced by Bill Gunn became known as the Fitzgerald Commission of Inquiry into possible illegal activities and associated police misconduct, presided over by Commissioner Tony Fitzgerald, QC. Fitzgerald began his formal hearings on the 27th of July 1987. The inquiry was initially expected to last about six weeks. It instead spent almost two years conducting a comprehensive investigation of long-term systematic political corruption and abuse of power in Queensland. The final report from the Commissioner of Inquiry was submitted to the Queensland State Government by Tony Fitzgerald on the 3rd of July 1989. It's not often that a TV program changes the country. That was the case when we broadcast The Moonlight State, an investigation that exposed the corrupt underbelly in the deep north of Joe Bielke-Peterson's Queensland. The seminal Chris Masters report revealed the sordid connections between police and the criminals who ran drug gambling and prostitution rackets across the state. The Fitzgerald inquiry set up in response to The Moonlight State led to the jailing of Queensland Police Commissioner Terry Lewis, along with three National Party ministers and a host of other figures. Chris Masters was asked, who was the principal or the catalyst between the criminals with a badge and their parliamentary cronies and those criminals without a badge running the lucrative prostitution, gaming and drug industry? Jack Herbert was the, the conduit. He, he was the middleman. He was the person taking the bribe monies from the syndicates, uh, criminal syndicates, and then funnelling that, that back into senior police areas from the commissioner down. And, uh, and when they saw the camera out there, that's when it, 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 it hotted up. I got to know Herbert a bit afterwards. I mean, uh, he took off, as you know, went off and, and uh, uh, hid out in the UK for a while. He told me that his problem was is that he was always greedy. He admitted that. He would um, be going along to a, a, a police parade where people were, were being given awards, and as he'd walk along, he'd slip the guy his bribe, his sling, as they called it. They called it the joke, the, the joke. And that was a joke on the public. And, and Jack Herbert was uh, the chief joker. Corrupt police and politicians called it the joke. Chris Masters called it the joke on the public. What exactly was the joke? For five years, Ralph Devlin dedicated his existence to taking down Queensland's corrupt cops and politicians in the groundbreaking Fitzgerald inquiry. From regional superintendents in Cairns to several inspectors across the state, down to senior sergeants, sergeants and even senior constables, Mr Devlin said corruption had spread to nearly every rung of the police ladder. Ralph Devlin is now a Queen's Council and was a junior counsel assisting the Fitzgerald inquiry 
1987 as a Crown Prosecutor. Ralph Devlin was asked to illustrate the joke, which had been played on our society. You had some jokers who wanted to operate unlawfully, unmolested, and you had some jokers who carried a badge and carried a gun who were quite happy to take the money. How funny is that? Suited everybody. It's a perfect crime. That's the joke. We will present to you how this joke was in fact the blue betrayal of our society, implemented under the tight control of the Brotherhood of Evil within police forces on the east coast of Australia. Their influence spread like tentacles to the massive cannabis market then operating in Australia, including cultivation and distribution that expanded throughout Australia and the USA after the death of Donald Mackay. What Fitzgerald uncovered was just the tip of the iceberg. Although there was considerable evidence that Queensland became the centre of the drug trade during the Lewis years, the joke that Commissioner Fitzgerald uncovered was largely concerned with prostitution and SP booking, while the drug joke in Queensland largely escaped investigation. Lurking in the background to this expose, not uncovered or made public, was the history of close association between the Queensland Police and the New South Wales Police, which led to an organised criminal organisation to match any other existing international crime group. Shirley Margaret Briffman, born at Atherton in far north Queensland on the 7th of December 1935, had worked as a prostitute in Queensland and in New South Wales for a number of years. As well as paying police to avoid prosecution for prostitution, she was used by police from both states to inform on those committing crimes. What she discovered whilst working as an informant and an associate of police sickened her. On the 15th of June 1971, Shirley Briffman appeared on the ABC This Day Tonight national television program to make allegations of police corruption both in New South Wales and Queensland, where she named over 50 senior police from both states who were heavily involved in the organisation and execution of serious crime in both states. During an interview with Superintendent Gil Branson from the Queensland Crime Intelligence Unit on the 28th of September 1971, she replied to a question put to her about Queensland and New South Wales Police. Can you tell me of any happenings between Queensland and them in New South Wales? I had done the right thing by the Queensland Police and I was trusted. Cray said to me, Have you ever dealt in money before, Shirley? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, same applies here as in Queensland. You don't work in this town unless you pay. It's like this. You get mugs with knockabouts. You get in with them. You find out about their robberies. When they sell their stuff, we give them one night with their money. Next morning, we move in as long as they had the money. This is where the money comes in. I said to him, I thought the money was for the prostitution angle. He said, first of all, they deny it. 
that they've done nothing wrong. So you put the pressure on them, they offer you a third, and they say, that's all we get. We're not happy with a third. Then they offer you half. We're not happy with half. We gave them one night on the town. We want the lot. We end up with the lot, and you get a third-way split. You know what I said to him? You're worse than a thief. You're letting them rob and you are getting the benefit of it and you're supposed to be a policeman. Shirley Briffman had it right. You're nothing but a thief, she said. The police officer she was referring to in this answer was a New South Wales police officer, Frederick Cray, who was closely associated with Queensland detectives Glenn Hallahan and Tony Murphy. Even in 1970, there was talk of an East Coast network of corrupt police, a view supported by the Briffman allegations that certain Queensland detectives regularly flew south and that some of their New South Wales counterparts regularly flew north. There was allegedly a corresponding traffic in criminals. On the 29th of October 1963, Cole Bennett, a Labor MLA, rose in State Parliament with startling allegations about police misconduct at the National Hotel in Brisbane. The allegations centred on illegal after-hour sale of alcohol and prostitution. Bennett said, I should say that the Commissioner Frank Bischoff and his colleagues who frequent the National Hotel, encouraging and condoning the call girl service that operates there, would be better occupied in preventing such activities rather than tolerating them. Edward Joseph Walsh, MRLA from Bundaberg, replied, Even the dogs are barking, and they have been for a long time. In November 1963, Sir Harry Gibbs was appointed as Royal Commissioner, appointed to inquire into and report on certain matters relating to members of the police force and the National Hotel, In Gibbs' final report, he found that there were many offences against the Liquor Acts committed at the hotel, but rejected allegations that Bischoff drank in the hotel after lawful training hours, that Murphy and others were supplied with free liquor after lawful training hours, and that warning telephone calls were received about forthcoming police raids. He found that no member of the force had been guilty of anything, that no call girl service operated at the hotel and that no member of the force encouraged, condoned or sanctioned in any way the practice of prostitution at that hotel. In Appendix D of the final report was a list of 88 names from the licensing branch and the consorting squad. Some of those names included Terry Lewis, Graham Parker, Glenn Hallahan. Tony Murphy, Alan Barnes and Don Lane. In this podcast, as well as the names just mentioned, you have heard mention the name of Frederick Cray from the New South Wales Police. You will hear these names appear with regularity throughout this timeline of history that will unfold in future podcasts and we will track their associations and their involvement in crime whilst they rose through the ranks to the highest levels within the Queensland Police 
over the next decades. After the This Day Tonight program was aired, Shirley Briffman fled back to Brisbane, where she was interviewed by Detective Superintendent Gil Branson from the newly formed Crime Intelligence Unit of the Queensland Police, resulting in over 70 pages of questions and her answers revealing widespread corruption and disregard of the law by senior police. In 1971, Tony Murphy was charged with perjury at the Gibbs Inquiry. Griffin made allegations on the ABC about New South Wales and Queensland Police in June 1971. She was interviewed by Gil Branson in September and had been summoned to appear as the Crown's main witness at the committal proceedings against Detective Murphy on the 22nd of March, when, on the 4th of April 1972, she was found dead under suspicious circumstances at her flat in the Brisbane suburb of Clayfield. Her death was put down as a drug overdose, but no suicide note was found. David Hickey reported in his book The Prince and the Premier in 1985 that several police in the Sydney CIB in 1972 had said there was much talk at the time that Detective Fred Cray had gone to Brisbane and with a Queensland policeman had forced drugs down her throat with a tube. History has shown us Shirley Briffman's allegations about New South Wales and Queensland police have proved to be extraordinarily accurate. This is a story of how Australia became a linchpin in a worldwide network and trade in illegal drugs, arms and corruption at the very highest levels of our society. It takes the listener from Australia to both coasts of the USA, to Lebanon, Cyprus, Honduras and Nicaragua, to Vietnam, Cambodia and Laos, to the Dutch Antilles, to the United Kingdom, the Pacific Islands and Papua New Guinea. The Fitzgerald Inquiry exposed the extent of corruption in Queensland, both by politicians and police. But of course corruption wasn't going to end right there, just because of the Fitzgerald Report. Sadly, corruption is a part of our society. It's been with us throughout history and will be with us forever. How can we understand the unbelievable revelations of the Fitzgerald Report? How did our politicians and police get to that point where they were criminals with guns and badges. Where did it start? The main function of this podcast series is to show the evolution of police and political corruption in our society. We've chosen the 1950s to start our journey. At this point in our timeline, we can spot a pattern of behaviour or a method of operation emerging, showing us of things to come of how this corruption blossomed and evolved into a massive conglomerate of crime syndicates around the world. In our next episode, we will look at this early corruption in Queensland and New South Wales and the new breed of police officer who transformed corruption into an art and the monstrosity it evolved to. (laughs) 